Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Minister the word of the Lord today. Give him and God a great hand clap of praise. Oh, praise the Lord. Can we clap our hands unto the Lord? Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. What a wonderful presence of the Lord we already feel in this house. And I could be dismissed now. And uh, I have already been blessed by the presence of the Lord. And what a great opportunity and privilege it is for us to be here today in this great church uh, with your great leadership. And uh, we just, uh, I already know that I love y'all and y'all don't even know me. And uh, I just love what I feel uh, in this house. It doesn't take me long. And when I feel the presence of the Lord, I don't care if we're on the back porch, front porch, in the church, outside the church, in the car, picnic, whatever we're doing. As long as the presence of the Lord is there, I feel welcome. And I feel the presence of the Lord in this place today. I love what I've seen on the screen there where heaven and earth connect. And what a beautiful, what a beautiful saying there. That is awesome. And you can certainly feel that in this house today. We give honor to your great pastor and to his wonderful wife. And what I'm telling you, you may be seated for just a couple of seconds. What great folks, and I'm not just saying that. They are just wonderful people, and uh, we have uh, so enjoyed uh, getting to know them a little bit more and uh, over the past few years. And uh, I'm not saying that because he is sitting to my left, but he is one of the finest preachers that you will ever hear in your entire life. You are blessed as a congregation to have him bringing the word of the Lord. And to Bishop uh, McGee, God bless you. Thank you for your hospitality, for allowing us to uh, to be here today. I'm so glad to have my wife with me. And uh, we, uh, we just love going places without our children. So anytime we are asked to go somewhere, we just kind of use that as a little getaway for us. And uh, we're newlyweds. And uh, I've been married uh, for two years almost to this beautiful lady. And God has been good to me. And I may get into some of that here a little bit later today. But the Lord has, you're looking at two people that lives were turned upside down. But God reached down in His mercy and His grace and just picked us up, put us back together again. And uh, we're just thankful today for His presence. I'm glad that I got here late last night. I was going to come up early and help moving the pews. But... I had something I had to take care of in Nashville, so I hate that I missed that. And uh, you was on to something with that stretching out. I was hoping I could get that machine on me because, you know, I'm, I'm just four or five inches too short. And I'm not fat. I'm just too short. If I was taller, I'd be something. I mean to tell you, I would be something. And what great singing and playing this. Brother, you're a bad man. I'm just going to tell you. And uh, that drum player, my goodness. That's just awesome playing and singing this morning. And uh, it's a little bit, now I come from a country and western capital of the world. And uh, so I'm not used to all that jazzy stuff. If it don't have a steel guitar in it, I'm not sure if it's church music, but I'm just kidding about that. 
I'm just kidding about that. And uh, man, it's awesome in here today. Man, I know the only thing standing between uh, us and cheeseburgers or tacos or something is me. So I want to. I don't want to hurry. I I never like to hurry in the presence of the Lord. And uh, I was teaching to our church just this past couple of Wednesday nights ago, and uh, since a word that that we don't hear much in the in the apostolic church anymore is Terry. And the word tarry is not in the scripture as far as tarrying in the Holy Ghost, the way we use it. But I think sometimes we get in too much of a hurry in the presence of the Lord. And we need to wait on Him. And uh, I don't know how it is in Illinois or Indiana, but in Nashville, we give Him about, I don't know, about 7.8 seconds. And if something hasn't happened in that 7 seconds, we're, we're looking for something else. And I'm challenging our church at this very moment for us just to, wait in his presence you never know what God wants to do the possibilities are endless in this room today if you need a healing you're in the right place if you need a miracle you're in the right place if you need salvation you're in the right place today but you got to give God time amen I remember brother Fred Gill telling a story one time of, of uh, a lady that they brought into the church he was preaching somewhere and they brought this lady into the church and, and she was, I don't know what was wrong with her, but she was basically stiff as a board, just, just stiff, couldn't, couldn't move her joints. And, and uh, tongues and interpretation went forward that night and, and, and said that, that uh, God was going to heal this lady. God was going to heal this lady. Well, this lady was basically set up on the, on the pew and I don't know if much of her was actually touching the pew except her back and maybe her lower legs. That's how straight she was. And uh, said when that when that word went forth, said a, a bunch of people jumped up to run to her and said the pastor stood up and said, Oh no. Said if God said he was going to heal her, he don't need your help. Amen. And this is the story that come to me. Now, I wasn't there. But said one hour later, as they waited upon the Lord. Think about that sitting in a building just with anticipation that God said that he was going to heal somebody and one hour later they said that that lady stood up and began to casually shuffle her feet across the front of the building and said every time she took a step she loosened up a little bit more and before the night was over she was free of that disease and that sickness but we've got to give God a little bit of time Hallelujah. I don't want to be in a hurry in the presence of the Lord. If he said he'd do it, I believe he's going to do it. I believe he can do it right now. But if it needs to take 30 minutes, then I'm going to wait on you, Lord. Whatever you want to do in this house today. I wonder if we could stand on our feet one more time. Can we clap our hands unto the Lord? And can we open up our mouth and just give him the best praise that we have given today? Lord, we worship you today. Come on, we can do a little bit better than that. Come on, we can do a little bit better than that. We love you today, God. We praise you today. We magnify you today. You are worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy. You are worthy to be praised today. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to the book of Job chapter 14. I'll read just a couple of verses of Scripture uh, this morning. And I don't, uh, I don't want to hold you too long. I, I don't want to, to, uh, to rush either, but I want, 
I want the Lord to have his way, man. And uh, we're just excited again to be here. The Bible says in Job chapter 14, verse 7 and 8 and 9, the Bible says, For there is hope of a tree. If it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stock thereof die in the ground, Yet through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. My dad has always told me something uh, when we were preaching. Brother McGee, Pastor, I'm sure your dad has, has given you advice down through the years as well. But my dad has always told me this. He said, son, you got to give the people hope. you got to give the people hope. you got to give the people hope. So today... I'm just going to talk to us for just a little bit. I don't know, I don't know how I'll do. I, we'll see. If I don't do good, I won't be back tonight. How about that? Amen. I'll tell you what. If I don't do good, you don't come back tonight. I'll show up. We'll just see what happens. Amen. I, I just want to give somebody a little hope today and a little help today in the house of the Lord. If you lay your Bibles down, if we can lift our hands one more time in the presence of the Lord. Lord, we love you today. We thank you. Jesus, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We, uh, most of us, know in this room today. We've we've heard of Job. We have we've heard it preached so many times before of this man named Job. I won't go in to all of the details this morning, but but Job, as we know, has been through it. And uh, he has he has uh, he has lost everything that he possessed, all of his all of his wealth he had lost. The Bible says that he was a perfect man. He was upright in the sight of the Lord. He was a man that that run from evil. He turned away from evil and sin. He was a blessed man, a large family, great possessions. He would be the man. Uh, in our day that we would look at and say he has it all. He, he would live in the, in the gated community. He would, he would be driving the finest of car. He would, he would go to Evansville and shop. You know, he, he, would, he would go, he, he would live uh, in that place that, that we would drive by and just look uh, back and say, my, my, I mean, when his wife walked in, I mean, you knew that his children, they, they always they always acted right. They looked right. I mean, everything was just right. Job had it all together. He had everything going on in his life. And then one day we find in verse 6 of Job chapter 1, the Bible says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, comma, and Satan came also. Everything in Job's life seemed to be going perfectly fine. Life was great. Kids was great. Money was flowing. Needs were being met. Then all of a sudden, Satan shows up in his life. 
I doubt that there's anybody here this morning that has ever had that feeling. I'm sure that everyone here today, everything is perfect. I, I'm sure that a lot of you rode a to church this morning on a rainbow colored magic carpet and, and, and there was no disagreements. I know that everyone here today, your, your bank account is full of money. Your car hasn't broke down. Their body doesn't feel bad. Your, your life is fine. But there are some people's life when Satan shows up also. Even in the good times, even when things are going fine, it seems like life is fine on Saturday, but Sunday, life turns into a mess. It seems as though some of us can testify to the fact that our health was, was good. We felt good. Then we woke up one morning and there was a pain in our body. Or, or, or we, we, our job seemed like that everything was fine. And we walked in and the boss asked to meet us and we knew that that was not good. We, we, we felt like that life was going along just fine and we get a phone call that changes everything in our life. It seems like that Satan has shown up in our life out of nowhere. One day he had it all. Job had everything in his possession. And within just a little bit of time, just as we flip the pages of the Word of God, within just a little bit of time, everything in Job's life was turned upside down. His children was gone. His great possessions was gone. His houses were gone. Everything that he had worked for was gone in just a few moments of time. But here's the wonderful thing about Job. The Bible says, and I know that I'm not preaching anything that these great men have not preached in this church before, but here's the awesome thing about Job. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about on those bad days, those bad times, those sick days, those visits to doctors and emergency rooms and when you're sitting around and everything is upside down you still know how to lift up your hands and worship God hallelujah I'm here to, to present to you today that I believe that's the difference in some people's lives. Is some when all hell breaks out, they fall down. They run away from the things of God. They run from the church. They run to all kinds of other things. But then those same things happen to different people and they run to God. They run to the church. They don't let their hands hang down. They put their hands up in the air. I'm preaching to somebody in this house today I know that Satan has shown up also but if you could just make up your mind I'm still going to worship God I'm still going to magnify God I don't feel like it but I'm still going to sing I don't feel like getting out of the bed but I'm going to make my way to that old church this morning and I'm going to exalt the name of the Lord hallelujah Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. I feel the Spirit of God in this room right now. The Bible says that when Job arose, when all of this bad news had come into his life, the Bible said he, he rent his mantle. He showed an outward expression that, that things were not right. He, he, he showed a, an outward expression that, that life had done something bad. The Bible said that he shaved his head and he fell down upon the ground, but he 
didn't just allow that renting of the mantle and that shaving of the head to be what everybody, that's the only thing they seen. He said, they're gonna see me get emotional. They're gonna see me get upset, but I'm not gonna let them just see that. I'm gonna let them see a little bit of worship as well. It doesn't make sense for some of us to keep lifting our hands. It doesn't make sense for some of us to still come to the house of the Lord. When people look at us, they say, you should stay home. You should give up. You should quit. Oh no, I must get to church. I must lift my hands. I must worship God. I must stay faithful to the things of God. What Job was saying is God has been too good to me. Hallelujah, because here's the thing, and I believe I can get amens from everyone in the house. When, when the days are good, it's easy to worship. When the money is flowing, it's, it's easy to pay your tithes. When the bank account has is, is got a few extra zeros in there, it's easy to lay your tithe and offering in that plate. But it's on those days when you're struggling. You don't know if you're gonna have money to buy groceries or whether or not you're gonna have enough to pay the bills. Do, do I give my tithe or do I pay? pay my electric bill. It's in those moments it is determining. It's on those days when you'd rather sleep, you'd rather stick your head under the covers and say I'm not coming out of here and everybody around you says you're right, you should just give up and quit but you push the covers back, you put on your Sunday best, you come to the house of the Lord, you don't feel like being here but you're showing someone God has been too good to me. The Bible said that he worshiped. Of course, this scripture that we all know, naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be. Listen, there's nothing wrong with being real. That's what Job was saying. Job was being real. He said, I came into this world. I didn't have anything. He said, I'm going to die. I'm not really going to have anything. He said, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. He's just being real. There's some good times. There's some bad times. Not every day is speaking in tongues and running the aisle. Not every day you feel like leaping for joy. There are some days you just drag into the house of the Lord. But I'm going to tell you something. God is watching you on those days. God is looking at you on those days. Hallelujah. He said, still I will bless the Lord. Still I will lift up my hands. Still I will magnify him. Then we go to chapter 2 and the Bible says that Satan came again. That's what Satan does. Satan is one that comes to take everything. He's not satisfied with just one time. He's not satisfied with showing up one time. He comes back a second time to check on you. Ha-ha, you don't believe that today, but Satan checked on you this morning. He checked on you today. He said, I wonder if I'll get out of the bed this morning. I wonder if I'll walk down to that apostolic church today. I'm glad today that I'm proving the devil wrong. Every morning I get up and put my feet on the ground. Every morning I go to the house of the Lord. Every time I lift up the name of Jesus, the devil's checking on me and I'm proving him wrong. 
Oh, this will take him out. If the first time didn't take him out, I'll come back a second time. I'll come back a second time. And the Bible said that from the top of his head, he attacked Job's body with boils from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. The Bible says, the scripture tells us that he took a piece of broken pottery and began to scrape these boils on his own body. It got so bad. It got so bad that Job's own wife, the one that had enjoyed the blessing, the one that had lived in the house with the great possession, the one that had enjoyed all of the children, the one that slept in the bed right beside him, it got so bad in Job's life that those closest to him encouraged him to take his own life. This is how bad it's gotten. You should just end it all. Anybody ever felt that way before? Anybody ever had so much hell to break out? You're like, this ain't, life ain't worth living anymore. I, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know if I can survive. And those that are closest to you say, you know what, you're right. You, you should probably just give up. And then it gets even worse. The Bible said that here comes his friends. I don't know what kind of friend you are, but you like you'd be a good friend. Here comes Job's friends. This is what the scripture says. The scripture says that when they seen him afar off, that they were astonished. That, that can't be Job. The last time I seen Job, he had it all together. The last time I seen Job, he had, he had more than enough. The last time I visited with Job, his house was the greatest in the neighborhood. His children were the most well behaved. He had, his body was perfect. His health was great. His wife was encouraging. This cannot possibly be the man that I seen the last time. The Bible said this, that when they got to him, that his friends wept and rent their own mantles on his behalf and they sat on the ground seven days and seven nights in complete silence. I've had some pretty bad days, but I've never had it to where my friends come around and for seven days they sat there and stared at me in complete silence because they could not believe what was going on in his life. In chapter 3, Job had had enough. He cursed the day he was born. He goes on a 26 verse tirade. You can read it for yourself of complaint, rightfully so. He says he longs for death. The Bible says, Job said his eyes poured out like water. Fear gripped his life. There was no relief but only turmoil. I cannot imagine the feelings that Job was having in his life at this point in time that, that God has possibly let me down. This is what Job was feeling. It, that never in a thousand years would I have ever imagined that this was going to happen to me. I'm sure that there are some of you that are sitting in this room today. You, we could fill in the blank with your name. I, Sam, Shirley, Bill, whoever is here today. I would have never dreamed in a million years that this would have the way my life would have ended up. Anybody in here have that testimony today? 
Anybody in this room today that when you were born, you, you never dreamed. When you begin to grow up, when you were raised up, when you were 10, 11, 12 years old, you never dreamed that your life would have the pain that you have endured. You never dreamed that your life would have the turmoil that you have endured. And this is the way Job felt. This is the way Job felt. This God that I love, this God that I reverence, this God that I've given everything to, I turned from evil. This God has let me down. But that is certainly not the case at all. That is certainly not the case at all. Here's the fact of the matter. Is that life is not a promised good time. Amen. Life is not, life is not something that you get on Amazon and you special order. And you pick and choose and set up your life and have it delivered to your front door and, and you live. Life is not walking down to a car lot and, and seeing I, I want that car with, 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 with this on it. Life is not that way. Life is life just happens. It has its good days. It has its bad days. It has its sick days. It has its healthy days. It has the days when you cry and the days that you smile. This is what Job said about life. Job said in 14 and 1, he he said, man who is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. He comes out like a flower and withers. He flees like a shadow that continues not. Job was saying, listen, you're only here a few days and trouble is going to find you. You're, you're only around just a little bit. You have promises. You think things are going to end up so well but then something in the middle, Satan shows up in your life but it's in the middle of that trouble it's in the middle of that trial it's in the middle of that issue it's in the middle of that divorce it's in the middle of that death it's in the middle of that diagnosis that you come to know God like you have never known God before hallelujah let me encourage somebody today you're in the right place at the right time you're in the right place at the right time for the right kind of help. You're in the right place. This is not by accident that you're sitting in this apostolic church on this beautiful Sunday morning. God took God took roll before you ever got here today. God knew who was going to be here. He knew what was going to happen. He knew your circumstance. He lives in yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He knows what you're going to face tomorrow. He knows what you've already been through. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you by yourself. You're in the right place at the right time for God to perform a miracle in your life. Hallelujah. I try to share just a little bit of my testimony whenever I'm able to go out and minister in other places. But five years ago, this coming May the 22nd, this coming May the 22nd, just... Less than a month away, five years ago, my wife passed away. 44 years old. She turned 44 years old on a Sunday. She died on a Thursday. We didn't even know she was sick. I won't go into the details. She was having some pain in her body. Come to find out she had a bacterial staph infection. We didn't even know she had. The doctors couldn't find it. It attacked her body. It shut down her organs. It, it literally took her life within 30 hours. She was in the hospital for 30 hours and her life was gone. Gone. We'd been married for 22 years. We'd dated for four years. I was 15 years old when I went out and started dating her. I'd never been on another date with another woman. I was 
41 years old. My wife took her last breath. We'd been pastoring for 12 months. Promises, prophecies, futures, all of those things in just a moment. And Satan came also. Life upside down. And a beautiful 12-year-old girl. Here's a 41-year-old man with a 12-year-old daughter. What am I to do? I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. I've been pastor. I'm just pastored for 13, excuse me, 13 months. I've pastored for 13 months. All of these things, my helpmate, my plans, the one, the, the only person that I, that, that I it's, the only, it's all I knew. I didn't know anything else. I didn't have any other idea on how things were supposed to be. I didn't know any, I didn't have another plan. Things were going good. Church was going good. We had great friends. We had a great life. We had good things in our future. But then all of a sudden, something, one diagnosis, one phone call, one doctor's report turned my life literally upside down. But I don't say this, but the only reason I say what I'm about to say is because it's a testimony unto God and, and I'm trying to encourage somebody today but I've done the only thing I know to do when I was 12 years old I was at a youth camp in Clarksville, Tennessee and Brother Jimmy Mustang from West Tennessee pastor still there today I was playing the drums, Bishop I was playing the drums at 12 years old at youth camp and that, that, that camp evangelist not in a rude way but in a loving way he turned around and looked at me he said, Nathan, he said you need to get off those drums and get in the altar tonight and I done, and I, I done what any other twelve-year-old would do. I went and hid behind my mother, and I said, "I'm not going to the altar. I'm not going to the altar. I'm not going. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not going down that altar. I'm not. I'm not doing that." It wouldn't, but just a few moments later, I was standing basically right here at my grandfather's church in Clarksville, Tennessee with my hands lifted up as a 12-year-old boy and began to speak in a heavenly language for the very first time. My brother, who is two and a half years younger than me, was standing basically at this point and five minutes earlier began to lift his hands and speak in a heavenly language for the first time. He was baptized in Jesus' name. That night, that Sunday, I was baptized by my dad in the wonderful name name of Jesus my dad has pastored all my days my grandfathers were preachers I don't know anything else other than to come to the house of the Lord so at 41 years old when my wife's life was taken and I was left with a 12 year old daughter I didn't know the end from the beginning I didn't know what to do the only thing I knew to do is run back to the house of the Lord get back into the presence of the Lord lift up my hands and say oh listen there was no shout in my feet there was no laughter in my voice but there was a cry there was some tears I said God if you will help me I'm not walking away from your presence hallelujah what you going to church for that's all I know why you worshiping that's all I know to do uh -uh. why you rejoicing that's all I know to do why you going to prayer meeting that's all I know to do my life is in the house of the Lord So those same carpets at New Life Apostolic Church that I have danced on, I laid on them and cried. Those same pews that I stood up in and lifted up my hands and rejoiced, I sat and bowed my knee and shed tears, but I was still in the right place at the right time. It's called the presence of the Lord. There's hope in this place. There's help in this place. There's healing in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I don't know what it is about coming into this building. I don't know what it is. This building is no special than any other building in town. This same carpet that's in this sanctuary is in a house somewhere in this city. This same carpet is in an office building somewhere. That same set of drums right there could be sitting on a, on a stage at a rock concert. There's nothing special about that keyboard. There's nothing special about the beams or the lighting that's in this room. What makes this place special is when God's people walk in here. What makes this carpet special is when people that are dragging in, people that are hurting, people that are miserable, people's lives who is in disarray, they walk into the presence of the Lord and they say, God, I'm gonna walk in here. I'm gonna lift up my hands. Hallelujah. Rather than playing some country song on that Yamaha, they start singing the praises of the Lord. That same set of drums can play to hell with the devil, I don't know, but instead of that, it began to play some worship unto the Lord, and before you know it, my spirit began to convene with his spirit, and the Holy Ghost moved, and when I felt like giving up, there is strength in the presence of the Almighty God. Let me encourage somebody in this house. Let me encourage somebody in this house today. You got tears running down your eyes right now, but joy's gonna come again. You look like life is in trouble right now, but you keep on pushing forward. You keep on putting one foot in front of the other. You keep on being faithful to the house of the Lord. God is gonna work something on your behalf. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. God's gonna do something for you. God's going to do something for you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I like what Bishop Steve Wilson said. I'm hurrying to a close here. Bishop Steve, Bishop Steve Wilson said, and I, I believe it's actually the, the lead singer of the Beatles that said this, but Bishop, I'm giving it to Bishop Wilson. He said... He said, in the end, everything is going to be okay. If it's not okay, then it's not the end. Man, I like that. In the end, everything is going to be okay. If it's not okay, it's not the end. So some of you feel like you're coming to the end of the road, but you're not. You're coming to something that's fixed to open wide up. God said, you think it's the end, but I've got greater things than this. You think you're going to die with this disease, but God said, oh no, I'm going to heal you of that disease. Some of you feel like you're going to die with grief and, and all kinds of, no, no, no. God said, you just wait. It's not the end yet. I've got something beautiful that I'm going to turn for your favor. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I wonder if there's just two or three in here that would agree with me this morning. To say, God, I know there's greater things for me. God, I know this is not the way. I know this is not the way it's going to be. I know this is not the way it's going to end. I know it doesn't look good right now at this particular moment. But God, I just believe if I keep on keeping on that everything is going to be okay. Hallelujah. If you're weary today, if you're worried today, if you're in fear today, if you're in pain today, if your emotions are playing whack jobs with your mind, Jesus said, come unto me, I can help you. 
I know this is not my original saying, but I told the girls in the prison, I don't know, last month, I said, I'm not your dope dealer, I'm your hope dealer. Amen. So many of those girls, Brother McGee, Pastor McGee knows exactly what I'm talking about. So many of those girls in that prison system are there because of drugs. I said, I'm not here to bring you dope. I'm here to bring you some hope. Amen. I'm here to bring somebody some hope today. I'm here to bring somebody. Listen, let me, let me, fin- let me finish. I'll, I'll, I know where we're going. So, so I, 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 was, I was in despair. My life and, and, and my wife now has heard me tell this story so many times. I'm sorry you have to listen to this again. But, Brother McGee, I, I felt like Job, when Job began to question his purpose, he began to question his life, he began to question if this was the way that it was supposed to be. And, and, and I began to question my life because of the promises that, and the prophecies. I mean, I've had men of God to lay hands on us. Men of God that we all know, all of us know and respect and love that have laid hands on me and my wife and prophesied about future things and what God was going to do in our life and what God was going to do in our church and what God was going to do in the future in Nashville, Tennessee. And it looked like that all of that was just gone. It was gone. And I was in despair. I was lonely. I was grieving. I was... I, 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 I never felt like I got I, I felt depression trying to sit on me but I never, I never went I never allowed that to happen I never stuck my head under the pillows and said I'm not getting out of the bed I never and if, and if anybody here today please do not I, I'm closing my eyes when I say this I never took a pill I never I, I did go to counseling I did sit I did sit on a, in a, on a Christian counselor's uh, uh, couch and allowed them to help me and I had a, a, some of our closest friends are, are medical doctors and she helped me through some of this but but I, 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 I tried not to allow that heaviness to push me down but inside of me there was still this like God what is happening I was riding up the road one day in my work truck that's the kind of preacher I am I still work for a living my dad you say I'm not that great of a preacher I have to work so I fall into his footsteps that's what I do too so I was driving my work truck up I-40 East close to Lebanon, Tennessee, and I was listening to a preacher, and he was a denominal preacher. He wasn't even an apostolic preacher. And I was listening to this preacher, and if that offends you, I apologize. I'll repent. But I was listening to this preacher, and he made a statement. He made a statement. He said, just because the plan of God changed doesn't mean the purpose of God changed. And Bishop, when those words come through that speaker into my ears I pulled my work truck over to the side of the road and I lifted up my hands and tears just poured out and God reassured me that day that just because the plan has changed doesn't mean my purpose has changed so I'm here to tell somebody today just because what you have written out on the legal pad just because the plan that you had when you were in your mid-twenties didn't work out and you're in your 30s or you're in your 40s and you're seeing looking around saying God this is not what I had this is not what I had just because the plan has changed doesn't mean the purpose has changed Job you'll never understand it you'll never understand you'll never understand the purpose 
that I have for your life. But how do I find that purpose? I find that in the presence of the Lord. David said, you will show me the path of life in your presence. I'm not going to find the answers to these troubles outside of the house of the Lord. I'm going to find my help and my hope in the presence of the Lord. There's something about it. There's something about it. There's something about coming into this place. There's something about walking into the house of the Lord. There's something about, if you play for me, brother, there's something about coming into this place and the Holy Ghost gets to move. And the Spirit begins to move. And tears start running out of my eyes. I'm standing here with broken dreams and broken promises, but there's an assurance that comes in the presence of the Lord. David stood before Goliath that day. We've heard that old saying, you're taking a knife to a gunfight. That's what David did. David, David, you're out of place, you're out of position. You don't, you don't look like you're for this moment. You don't look like this is what you were created for. The outside looking in, you're about to get destroyed. But what David knew that they didn't know is behind the scenes, God had already been working on you. God's been working on some of y'all behind the scenes. And now you're making a public display of God's power. People are looking at you like that. There's no way they can survive this. There's no way they can do this. There's no way they can make this. But what David got in private, he displayed in public. When David said, here Goliath was standing in front of him. Goliath's talking about all of his, everything he's going to do. He's going to rip him from this to this. Send me a man out, blah, blah, blah. And, 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 and the scripture says that the, the, the writer tells us about Goliath's sword and tells us about the weaver's beam and tells us about the shield, tells us all about it. It don't tell us anything about David. He just had something in his hand. And here's the difference between Goliath and David. Goliath said, I am going to rip you from shred to shred and beat your body to the birds and the fowls of the air. But David said, I'm not going to do anything. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. If I could motivate somebody in this house today to stand before your trouble, I come to you in the name of the Lord. I, I don't possess, I don't have what it takes on the inside to do this by myself. That's why I come to an altar. That's why I gather around the altar. That's why I come to prayer meeting. That's why I come to Wednesday night Bible study. Because I'm going to do something in private that eventually is going to have to be on display in public. It's the presence of the Lord. It's the presence of the Lord. It's the presence of the Lord. It's what happens inside of this room that gives me the strength to stand in public and to survive when all hell breaks loose in my life. We was gone just a few weeks ago. You won't help. Will you be able to help me with that picture? Whoever I sent that to. There's a picture where that looks very dead. You'd help me with that. It's up there. Okay, this is our house, and we were, we were gone to. And we don't have that lighting there. That's on the baptistry there, so we don't have that fancy lighting. But we were gone for, we were gone for ten days. We we had went on vacation, and and my wife has this plan. I think this is from. I don't know, it's from a funeral somewhere. Somebody gave us this plant. And this plant was sitting in the house. And 
and, and, uh, and, and we were gone for 10 days and, and uh, I come around the corner I said oh my lord babe I said this plant is dead I said look at that thing this plant we have, we have just done the wrong thing we didn't leave nobody in charge we just left it on its own poor plant and my wife said oh no I said give me just a minute just a minute. She went and got her a jar of water. And she come in there and she poured that water into that plant. This is the God's honest truth. You put the next picture up there. The next morning. Some of you green thumbs in here know. The next morning. I walked around the corner to adjust because right there behind that lamp is the thermostat for the house I come around the corner less than 24 hours later and that is that same plant put that put that other one back up there now okay some of y'all feel this way just been left out to dry and to die but Job said in 14 he said a tree at the scent He said, if this tree can just sense a little bit of water, if it can just come into contact with a little bit of water, he said, there's going to be some new. It's going to show forth. Put that picture back up to the next one. All it takes is just a little bit of the presence of the Lord being poured into your life and hands that hang low can be lifted high. Tears can be turned into joy. The spirit of heaviness can be traded for the garment of praise and joy of the Lord. All of these things, just a moment. If you could just somehow, Jesus told that woman in John chapter 4, the woman at the well, he said, he said, if you would just drink of the water that I can give you. If you could just sense what I can give to you. It won't be but just a few moments in the presence of the Lord that heaviness can lift as we stand in this place today it's been a long time since some of you have lifted up hands in complete liberty or complete freedom because the spirit of heaviness that has rested upon your mind that has rested upon your spirit I wonder before we leave this beautiful church building on this Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning if somebody would step out of their seats around to the front of this altar and and just lift up don't worry about the pain don't worry about the struggle don't worry about the bank account don't worry about the diagnosis right now if you can just sense the presence of the Lord if you can just get a scent of water I wonder if somebody would step out today could we step out of our seats this morning and can we come down here and can we lift our hands up toward heaven don't worry about anybody around you Don't worry about somebody coming by and laying hands on you. Can you just lift up your hands and say, God, if I could just get into your presence, if I could just feel the power of the Holy Ghost, if I could just feel the presence of the Lord in this room right now. Oh, there's hope in this house. There's help in this room right now. The Spirit of God is in this room right now. Come on, somebody cry out to Him. Come on, somebody cry out. Let's lift our voices up right now. Come on, let's open up our voices right now. Let's lift up our voices in the presence of the Lord. God, we need you right now. We need your help right now. We need your direction right now. We need your strength right now.
Come on, somebody let the Holy Ghost speak out of you right now. Come on, let that happen. Come on, let those tongues come out again. Let there be a refreshing in this Holy Ghost. Come on, young people, let there be a, a touching of heaven right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we love you. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.